listening to the ron and don show please hit subscribe hey you guys what's going on it's episode number 283 now of the ron and don show and we are live from the what is up ron and don nation yeah coming up on the ron and don show uh i'm going to share with you seven things now that we're kind of on the other side of covid now that we can take our masks off kind of i don't know about you i carry a mask around in my pocket if somebody wants me to put a mask on I'm just going to do it that way because I don't want to sit here and argue with people, make them uncomfortable. And if bringing comfort to someone is putting a mask on, then then I'm willing to do that. At the same time, uh, it does feel kind of cool, man, to go into a Starbucks or a store and you don't actually have to wear your mask. You can go on a run. You can exercise. Uh, we had a meeting today at Windermere and see everybody's beautiful faces in person. It was really different and nice and the energy that we feel from each other. I just find that I'm enjoying people like in the moment more than I ever have. I was up to market time. I was buying Ron a couple of and myself a couple of vegetarian sandwiches for lunch, and just standing there and 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 talking to the cashier and and what she's doing uh, this summer. Just when we had our bass off, we could see each other smile. You could see the other people's teeth, all that stuff. I, and 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 you can also see why dentists are so busy right now, right? Because <laughs> people are taking their masks off and they're going, "Man, my friend John down the street was going." I got to take care of these choppers. So anyway, I'm going to give you seven things that we all can do to kind of make ourselves feel better now that we're on the other side of the pandemic. Also, Brittany, uh, she has now been invited to go before Congress. Will Brittany ever be freed? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. It was over, I don't know, two years ago that Amazon stepped in and did something that was kind of interesting. They, they purchased Whole Foods. And a lot of people looked at this and they said, why is Amazon purchasing Whole Foods? And Ron, I think we finally figured out. I can explain it. I don't know if you read this. Did you read the story? I did about read it? the story. Why did, why did Amazon purchase, purchase Whole Foods? What are they up to? I mean, this is, this is conjecture. This is from analysts that are looking at this. This is not a press release from Amazon by any means. But the theory is, is that this is the biggest category that Amazon uh, does not currently dominate, meaning that when you think, uh, take a percentage of people's income, the percentage, the first biggest category is rent, rent or mortgage. That's the largest chunk of people's uh, income. And then usually next in that is groceries. Uh, the next, especially if you have a family with any sort of kids that are eating out of house and homes, that's a big chunk of your monthly budget. And so Amazon has looked at this and they're like, how can we disrupt and take that money? We want to own, we want to be the number one uh, uh, person retailer when it comes to groceries. Right now, number one is, is Walmart. So Walmart has the number one position when it comes to groceries in America. And then you look at the big conglomerates, the Kroger's, the Safeways, uh, the Winn-Dixie's, all of those companies have huge market share. And so Amazon looked at that and like, that that's where the money is. The money is in groceries. And so they they started, they've, they, this has been their white whale for years. If you remember, 
God, it's probably been a decade now ago. There used to be that Safeway headquarters in Bellevue, uh, right at where the 5, 520 and 405 sort of meet. There was the giant warehouse section. Amazon bought that. And there was a huge Safeway headquarters uh, just off Yale where all the buildings were torn down here in Seattle. It was a huge distribution center. And they bought it, uh, and it's 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 where they ended up erecting uh, Amazon HQ one. So and, and so the the initial iteration on this was Amazon Fresh, and you paid. I tried it. You would pay. I think it was like a hundred and twenty nine dollar fee, and then you would go online. You would select your groceries, and then a guy would show up in this big green truck. And he would deliver your groceries. You'd have a window of time. Hey, deliver these on Tuesday from you know nine to eleven a.m. And they would show up, and they would just leave these groceries on your doorstep, and you would take them inside. And so that was kind of revolutionary at the time. I didn't really like it because, like, um, you know, part of going to the store is just seeing what's there. And when you have to just do it in advance, like it just wasn't my style. And then sometimes the produce they picked out wouldn't have been the produce that I picked out, etc. So there were some flaws in that. And so then they tried to do this thing with Whole Foods. And, and many people thought, well, they're, they're learning the grocery game from Whole Foods. And they're going to add this to their prime membership and try to, you know, sort of control all these retail locations and see how that works. Because they figured out if we're going to deliver groceries to marketplaces, we need people that are there. Like we can't have this distribution center that's 150 miles away like we can with like batteries. You know, if you're delivering an apple, it needs to be nearby. And so now what they've figured out or what they think is happening is Amazon's taken what they've learned from Whole Foods and now they're going to start a new smaller footprint Whole Foods called Amazon Fresh again, but they're going to be physical locations and they're going to roll out thousands of these across America so that they can deliver groceries to people's doorsteps anywhere in America. How's that going to be do- like in Ballard when you first roll into Ballard off the Ballard Bridge, you pull off to the right. There's an Amazon Fresh there, but it's like you pull up and then they I think they come out and they hand you a bag of groceries. I don't think you shop in store. So will these be yeah, I could go and shop in an Amazon store or I could pull up and they'll hand me my groceries or the truck will come by and, and, and drop them off. Will these, hit, will these be, be storefronts? I don't think they figured that out yet, but the, the thing that Whole Foods gave them that the Amazon website didn't give them is real metrics. And so when you took advantage of your Amazon Prime membership, uh, now they can track you. And so they can take that data and they can look at, well, okay, Don O'Neill is an Amazon Prime member online. Here's what he buys. Here's how he behaves online. We can look at all your clicks. Mm. Now he went into Whole Foods and here's what he bought. That's interesting. So in real life, because you took your, you know, you scanned your Amazon Prime membership to get a sale item or whatever. Now they can overlay that data and go, okay, if we're going to build a smaller footprint store, what do we need? What are the actual items that people in this zip code really buy? What are the high frequency must have? So if we take a 30,000 square foot store and we take it down to 3,000 square feet, what do we really need in that store? Yeah. And I, so that's what they're learning from. I Hopefully. have to say, it's interesting that they started with books. And one of, one of my favorite stores to go to with my son is U Village is to go to the Amazon bookstore there. And what's great is when you when you walk in there, 
you you walk up to the cash register and they ask you if you're Amazon Prime. And now what you can do is you can just hover your hand and it's paid for. Just you hover. Have you done that yet where you hover the hand? I've done the hand scan, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Bi- so, the biometrics. So you just hover the hand. Uh, Mark of the Beast. All kinds of biblical stuff going on here. Uh, believe me, if Jesus didn't come back uh, during the pandemic, I have questions for him uh, if, it, when, if he decides. Another story for another day. It's not this podcast. But if they don't have it, we have ordered books before, and, and then we've gone and done some other things. And then by the time we've gotten home, the book is on the doorstep. And I have to say, my son and I were blown away by that. We of are, course. We are just blown away by that. And, and I have to think that's probably the, the, the direction that groceries are going to, right? Yeah, if they can crack this code and they tried, they also have those concept stores where you walk in and whatever you take off the shelf, it just goes to your Amazon account and you have no cashier. Uh, Amazon Express. I've tried those. That if we get to that technology, that's amazing. Yeah, my, my, I talked to my friend George this morning. He owns a home up in Decatur Island. My my son and I go up there one time a year, and we go crabbing with him. And then we we've enjoyed uh, going to Seahawks games together in the past. And the one problem about going to Decatur Island is you can only get up there by boat. So. And the island is just full of golf carts and really cool homes. It used to have really old homes. And then a lot of uh, Microsoft people, Amazon people have gone up there, torn down these homes and build these mega mansions, which kind of bums me out a little bit. Uh, but Amazon is up there now. I mean, they, 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 they through, through the course of boating, and they use a boat to go up there and provide goods and services on Decatur Island, which is mind-blowing to me. Because the fun thing was going to the store and then just trying to figure out how you're going to get everything up there. That's been kind of taken away. And I, I think sometimes the journey is the fun. And, and, and the other thing that I have to say, right, right next door to me, my friend Adam used to live here. He went to South America. He works for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And he has a little girl. They just had a baby. They have another home over there. And so the ba- he was coming back to live in this house next door. And the baby got very, very sick and can't fly on a plane. So they're stuck in South America. He's been in South America now for over a year. I helped him. In fact, uh, I helped him get connected with Windermere. They're now managing this house next door. The last two people that have lived in this house since Adam have left, or they're all connected uh, to coding. If you look at, at Adam's yard, one of the reasons it looks so good is because we did the yard together. We went over when we, we, planted, we planted his yard before we went to South America. We became really good friends. Uh, our kids played with each other. Uh, he, he would come over and explain soccer to me. Uh, and he got a South American soccer jerseys and everything else. And I can go up and down this block and tell you about all that. Because I have lived in a very unusual Seattle neighborhood where there has been no, no Seattle freeze here. A lot of older people bought these homes. Now they've cashed out and they've sold. The people that have come in and they've moved here, we didn't really see anyone during COVID. And now everyone's coming out. We're kind of seeing everyone. Nobody talks to each other. This, this guy that moved in uh, next door, I went over to say hello to him, and he just kind of came to the door, and he looked at me, and, and I haven't talked to him since. And I tried to strike up a conversation, and, hey, what's going on? And I, I, I'm his friend. He wanted nothing to do with me. People around here don't, don't do their own lawns. When you don't do your own lawns, you don't get to know your neighbors. You don't talk to your neighbors. You don't have deck parties. Your kids don't play together. It drives me a little nuts that... You know, one of the last places I go where we know everyone and I know all the cashiers and I know the three owners is Ken's Market, which is a little boutique market 
uh, here in Queen Anne, and I go there all the time instead of ordering my groceries online because I want to support those guys. I want that store to be around. I want Eric and George and Joe to be here for a long time. And they're all related to Ken, who started uh, Ken's Market up in, in Greenwood. And, of course, they have Market Time, where I just bought uh, your, your veggie wrap. So those, those have long been connected. I miss that. And I think we are going to miss that if things get too convenient, if everybody else mows our lawns, if everybody else brings us our groceries, and if we can just sit there and run things from a laptop, run our lives, and never really walk out of our house, uh, I think that's gross. And I think that's, I think we need each other. And I think we found that out during the pandemic. We'll talk more on the other side of this. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was 25 to 50,000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're gonna wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a hundred thousand over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team, and that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. All right, you guys, welcome back to Ron and Don Show. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios, episode 283. And as you just heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, just reach out like our clients have done this year. Yeah really incredible ways so yeah you can just email me directly ron at windermere.com if you want that buyer's playbook or seller's playbook uh also if you just want to do a sit down even if you're like six eight months out i was talking to someone yesterday it's like ah, i'm probably gonna buy next year it's like you need to start planning now uh because they hadn't talked to a lender they didn't know what their purchasing power was they didn't know how much their down payment needed to be didn't know what programs they qualify for sometimes we need to get you going nine to twelve months in advance yeah all right uh anyway hey you guys I, I, was, I was thinking about this because my my friend john he uh he lives in my neighborhood uh with his wife and in fact john used to own the house that i'm sitting in with his brother 
And his brother Pete just had a stroke. And so, uh, Pete, we love you. We care about you. Uh, get better soon and, and come have a, a beer on my deck uh, when you feel better. He lives over, over in Spokane now. He's relearning to talk and do, do some other things. So I was talking to John about this. He was out walking his dog. And um, I said, hey, how, how, are you, how are you doing? I'm just checking in with you. And he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out. He's in, he's in his 60s now. He said, my hair is grayed. He said, now that I'm walking around, I've taken this mask off. He said, I don't like the way I look. He said, I've aged, I've grown old. He said, I've stopped moving. Um, and he said, you know, I really don't know what to do with myself. And I said, you know what? I totally relate to that. And I think a lot of people uh, relate to that right now. Because even though I've embraced a life of fitness, I too have gained some, some pounds during COVID. And so I've been reading uh, some things that I think uh, might be helpful for all of you. This was an article that came out in the Wall Street Journal. And they sat down with a bunch of therapists and also people who are connected to the exercise industry. And they said, hey, what are, what are some good things that we can focus on as we head into the early days of summer? So when fall rolls around, uh, we can start maybe uh, wearing those pants that used to fit like a year ago. So this is what they said. Then I'm just going to, it's seven things real quick. And I'll just give you my take on it. They say, number one, that you should weigh yourself first. Uh, every single day. I don't agree with that. I don't think you should weigh yourself every day. I think you should weigh yourself once a week, and I think you should do it at the same time. And I would suggest on Mondays, maybe not on Mondays, depends on what happened on Sunday, uh, but at least weigh yourself one time a week. I think when people sit there and they incessantly weigh themselves through the course of the day, your body fluctuates six, seven, eight, sometimes nine pounds, depending on uh, what you've eaten, how much water you have consumed. Water's really heavy, you guys. So I know there's a lot of people out there right now that believe you should be drinking a gallon of water a day, which I think is a little silly. Drinking water is good. You don't have to drink a gallon a day. But uh, if you're drinking a gallon of beer a day, then yeah, maybe a gallon of water would be a good place to start because it's kind of filling. And then it also reminds you of fitness, hydration, taking care of yourself. And let's face it, we've had some really hot days here in the Pacific Northwest. Over 60 people have passed away uh, due to hydration issues. And so, yeah, drinking lots of water, important. Weigh in yourself one time a week, I think is important because you need to kind of know where you're at and what your baseline is. But I think the most important thing is how are your clothes fitting from Monday to Monday, all right? Uh, second thing they say is give yourself a 30-day challenge. So we have started out here in the month of July, and I have a 30-day challenge. And a lot of times people set themselves up to fail, and they go, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym every day for an hour for 30 days. Go do it. Do this thing. Let's do it. And then and then day one, you go to the gym, and you're like, I'm doing it. And, and not only you go an hour, but maybe, maybe even go an hour and a half. And then, and then you get to the second day and the third day, by the time you get to the fourth day, you're no longer doing it. Right. Cause you're so sore. You're wiped out. It's ridiculous. So this is what I want you to do. I just want you to do something called time blocking. You probably do that with your kids. You do that with your, your husband, your wife, your partner. You may do that in your business and a friendship. What, what is a date? 
a date is really just a time block of saying, hey, I want to get together with you on a Friday night and from 7 to 10 o'clock, I want to spend time with just you and nobody else. You're time blocking because you're letting that other person know that, hey, I want to spend three hours with you because you're really important to me, right? That's all you're doing. And what you're saying to yourself is, hey, Ron, hey, John, hey, Don, hey, Gunner, I'm important to me. And so what I'm going to do is I sit down and weigh myself on Monday. Maybe what I'm going to do on Sunday before I roll into the week is I'm going to pull up my calendar. I'm going to look at what I'm doing with family and friends and what I'm eating and everything else. But I'm going to time block some time each and every day. And it doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be big weights. It doesn't have to be on a Peloton going you know, uh, crazy for 60 minutes. Time block. Monday could be a walk. When are you going to walk? You have to write it down and commit to it. It might be a 10-minute walk, you guys, but go for the walk and time block. When you time block and you do that on Monday and you go for that 10-minute minute walk, it's going to start giving you confidence to go, you know what? I did that 10-minute walk on Monday. So on Tuesday, what I did is I time blocked. I time blocked that maybe that's the day that I do go to the gym. And maybe there's a class there. Maybe I've never taken yoga before. Maybe I'm going to try that. Jazzercise is back in a very big way. And I'm not even joking. And it's a lot of fun and a great way to meet people. So maybe I don't want to join a gym. But maybe what I want to do is to change uh, focus a little bit. I'm going to go to a park. I'm going to go to a place where there's a local high school. I'm going to walk around the track. Maybe I'll jog around the track. Maybe I'll do a lap and run. Maybe I'll do a jab. Whatever it is, time block it. Even if it's not at the same time every day, that's okay. But if you don't write it down, if you don't make the time, if you don't make a date with yourself and you don't time block it, you're not going to do it. Third thing, we learn for the longest time to always be snacking and always be grazing and always be eating. Because that's what animals did. But the problem with that, you guys, is most of the time what we're snacking and we're grazing on is processed food. And that is horrible for you. It is just horrible. At the same time, you don't want to sit here and wait till you're real hungry. Uh, That happened to you today, didn't it? We were in a meeting. All of a sudden, you got hungry and you got up from the table and you're like, I need some damn food and I need it now because you're about to crash, right? Yeah, well, I was crashing. And yeah. I, I was getting, I was not only uh, hungry, I was getting hangry. Yeah. And we were and, and you were get, you were, and we were in a, a conference room and, and what were, what were the options in the, in the conference room? Yeah. There's a bunch of pastries. There's a bunch of high sugar, you know, fruits out there and yogurts that have a bunch of sugar in it. And I was trying to not, you know, just cram a, a croissant down my gullet. Yeah. So what I have in my bag is... Not I, that I don't like croissants because I like croissants too yeah. much. I have certain kind of bars I carry in my bag. If you go in my car right now, if, if you look at the driver's side door and the passenger side door, on the driver's side door, I have three screwdrivers. One of the screwdrivers is to take my license plate off because every time I go to Big Bear Car Wash, it chews up my license plate. So I have to take the license plate off. And then I have the other screwdrivers. If I ever drive over a body water and I need to get out, that's how I'm going to break the window because you're not going to be able to roll the window down. And chances are because it's electric. And you're also not going to be able to just break it with your hand. And so you should have a device to break that window. You should. And then you'll see there's, there's three bars that are there right now. And if you look over the passenger side, there's bars over there for my son. So we always have food with us. 
And if I feel like I'm starting to get hungry or like you did today, I'll pick up one of those bars. It's really, it has three egg whites in it. It has some dates, almonds, maybe stuff that you're not interested in. But look at just carrying food with you and it doesn't have to be fresh fruit. There's really cool bars out there that aren't processed. Number four, add spices to conquer cravings. You add a lot of spice to a lot of food, a lot of stuff you drink. Uh, that really works. So that's helpful. Uh, I think this is interesting. Number five, chewing your calories, don't drink them. You know, you have to be really careful with making like these fruit shakes and these smoothies. If you go drink a big fruit smoothie shake, I guarantee you it's like MSG in your diet. When you go and you eat a bunch of Chinese food, for instance, you're going to be hungry and you're going to crash about 20 minutes later. So be really careful about drinking your calories, take time to chew those calories. And there's a lot of great science behind the fact and the neurotransmitters that fire when you chew versus drinking, read about it. You actually burn more calories, you eat less food. Number six, learn to breathe deeply during the day. I'm sitting on a chair right now that I try to breathe deeply every day. I also try to do that before I go to bed at night. And then finally, Shake up your exercise routine a little bit and see if you can do this. If you've never tried intermittent fasting, read about it. See if you can intermittent fast and time block that at least twice a week, maybe three times a week. I have weeks where I intermittent fast the whole week, uh, depending upon if I time block that. So today, like when we were at Midtown, uh, Windermere Midtown, we went in there and they were having a breakfast for us. I didn't participate in the breakfast because I already determined that I was going to be, uh, and I already time blocked, and this is part of my 30-day thing that I'm doing in July. I had already determined that I was going to intermittent fast up to noon today, so that was the plan. And then at noon, I already knew what I was eating at noon. I was eating what I just gave you, one of those vegetable wraps. So time block. You don't have to go to the gym and lift big weights. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to run a race. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Just time block your fitness. Think about this. When you go on a date, you're telling someone, whether it be your child, your friend, your partner, I want to spend this time with you because you're worth it to me. So tell yourself that. You know what? I'm going to time block today, even if it's only for 10 minutes, because I am worth it to me. We will see you on the other side of this. Hi everyone, my name is Therese and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you are ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 283. Let's head to Hollywood now because that's what we do. Every time we do an episode 283, every yeah, time every we've done 283, but every 283, we go to Hollywood. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, Nicholas Cage in the news for playing Nicholas Cage. What's going on here with Nicholas Cage? Yeah, he has uh, reached <laughs> this point where his personal persona has sort of, whenever he's in a movie, you can't view him as the character in the movie because he's so Nicholas Cage. Yeah. So a screenwriter has written a movie. Where the plot of the movie is Nicolas Cage, played by Nicolas Cage, gets bored with acting, and then I believe he gets kidnapped or something goes on and he ends up on this wacky hijink as 
himself. Co- as, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that's going to work very well, but yeah. I think it's called the unbearable weight of talent or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's in the vein of being John Malkovich, maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting concept. We'll see if it makes any money. I feel that way about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. When I see Ben Affleck in a movie like Pearl Harbor, I'm like, oh. That's Ben Affleck pretending like he's in Pearl Harbor and not doing a very good job. Uh, when I see Ben Affleck as Batman, I'm like, that's Ben Affleck. That's not Batman. That's Ben Affleck as Batman. And I see Matt Damon, like when I see Saving Private Ryan, it, it, when I didn't know who Matt Damon really was and I watched it, 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 it was better for me. But now that I know it's Matt Damon, I'm like, hey, that's the guy on that's, that, that's waiting in line believe to, Tom Hanks? to be on the Jimmy Kimmel show uh, every night. I do. I do find myself getting lost in the characters that Tom, Plank, uh, Tom Hanks plays. So I'm just wondering if, if, if Tom Hanks is a better actor. I don't know. Uh, and Ben Affleck may be a better actor than Tom Hanks. But to me... Ben Affleck has always been Affleck. Nick Cage is always Nick Cage. Matt Damon is always Matt Damon. Ben Affleck's probably a better director. Than is that any, right? He's a great director. So anyway, yeah. The, so I, I'm kind of curious to watch this movie of of Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage yes. in a feature film. Don Cheadle, great actor. Uh, I didn't know he was dating someone for the last 28 years, and he decided to just marry her. Uh, I'm always kind of touched by these stories, and at the same time, I always wonder. Uh, I look at Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. They're still not married. They said they don't need to be married, but they've been together for decades, and uh, they plan on being together for decades more. Uh, they're well into their 70s now. Uh, what is your take on, on on people dating for so long and then saying, Don Cheadle, after 28 years, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll marry you. I, I don't really know what the reasoning was for him. Like They've been together over 20 years. So you said they have a 26-year-old uh, child and I think a 23-year-old child together. Yeah, and they're not children anymore. Adults like they have their 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 kids, yeah. but I, I've always really liked Don Cheadle, Me too. Uh, and so wh- whatever helps them. Like a lot of times, you reach an age where it's it's not relational anymore. Like people get married for healthcare issues or insurance issues or estate planning issues. There there could be some thing going on there. Clearly, the romance phase of their their relationship is probably long since past. I'm not saying they're not romantic. I don't know. Yeah, I, oh, well, I get it. I'm saying that like yeah, they're, they're not sense. dating. Yeah. They, they've been together for going on three decades. So there might be some sort of, and those are all legit reasons to get married. If you say, Hey, to, you know, to, to go to this next phase of our life, we need to get married because it gives us certain protections legally that we don't have as just an unmarried couple. Yeah. So a congressman who's in Congress and I don't want to get into it, uh, he's in a lot of trouble for possibly being involved in sex trafficking, and he just used his bully pulpit in Congress to say, "Hey, we need to free Britney. Uh, why don't we have Britney come and speak before Congress?" Uh, what is your take on Britney Spears right now? Because it seems like her dad's still in charge, huh? Yeah, the judge in that uh, case that we talked about a few episodes ago on the Ron and Don show uh, ruled against Britney. So I was flabbergasted. I was too. So uh, basically, the father. Jamie Spears still is in control of part of the conservatorship. I guess the judge brought in an independent financial firm uh, to help with the finances. So that went Britney's way. But in terms of the other stuff in the conservatorship, like living arrangements and sort of uh, scheduling and, and some other choices, those are controlled by the father. 
I think now that she knows she can resubmit on this, that she'll hire a better attorney and get a, a more high-profiled attorney in there to win this for her. The irony of the whole thing, she is paying for both sides. She paid for the father's attorney to keep her rights away from her, and she paid for her attorney to try to get her rights for her. Yeah, and her, to your point, her attorney's not very smart. She stood in court. Uh, and the judge said, you know, you don't need to petition to have someone different, uh, run this. You can just petition to have it canceled. And she's like, I can. Right. It's like, yeah, you can. And so she apologized. For that. Uh, it seems like Brittany should be freed. Yeah. And, and I was shocked at that. She judge. said she's not performing again until, until this is so. It, it might've been a procedural thing. Uh, yeah. for the judge that he, he, you know, just the way it was written, yeah. uh, wouldn't, he wouldn't be allowed to do it. So we'll see. I, I hope she resubmits with someone a little more skilled. All right, you guys, that's episode 283. It's in the books of the Ron and Don show. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for giving us five stars. And also thanks for writing great reviews for us. We really appreciate that. And thanks for allowing the show to drop into your lives every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If you need us, we love being your realtors and your best friends. Just reach out to us. Ron at windermere.com or go to ronandonsitdown.com and we can sit down today. Keep your head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 284. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.